We want to welcome all of you this morning and all of you who are visiting us for the first time. We welcome all our other 39 churches that are streaming from wherever you are. We welcome you where you are and all the people visiting for the first time as well. We want to welcome as well our online audience uh, and people who are on uh, 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 Soweto TV as well. We do want to welcome all of you. I'm super excited this morning on behalf of my bishop and myself to have our dear friends, this lovely couple that we love, like Bishop Freddie Edwards says, we love them with our heart, our liver, our spleen. <laughs> we love them with every ounce of our being. These are people that we've known now for more than 30 years, and God connected us with them more than 30 years ago when we first met. And when we met, we knew that we were meeting people that are covenant brothers and sisters, the family as a whole, they've walked with us. What I've loved, Evazalan, about uh, uh, this couple is their integrity and how they walk unashamedly in the things of God without compromise. And they've lived out the life of holiness, preaching the uncompromised gospel, raising their family, and today we're blessed that the, the children are here, the two daughters and their husbands and the grandchildren. Bishop will introduce them to us later. But, uh, yeah, but maybe I should ask the children and the, and the husbands to stand and the grandchildren. Can you all stand? Papa will introduce you later, but can you all stand? There's the whole family. Give them a big hand. Yes, you guys. I was, I was privileged to officiate at their weddings as well. You may be seated. Dad will, will introduce you later. And... Uh, but then I do want to say, uh, for those of you who are uh, younger ministers, even if you're not in the ministry, you owe it to yourself to find a friend that can be a friend with you for life. And a true friend for that matter. A true friend who will motivate you and challenge you towards the right things. In our instance, the things of God. Loving God with all our hearts, loving our families, and being committed to the ministry and not getting out into all these other funny things. You know, and, and what I've really appreciated about this couple, Vazalana, is just that they are true people. They're real people. What you see is who they are. They're real in the way they live, in public, in private. You can count on them when the chips are down, when you have to answer certain things and deal with certain issues, you can open your heart safely and you know you are safe with them. You know they love you, they pray for you. You also know that they can be a sounding board for truth. And what I've really appreciated is the way they've stuck it out in ministry and they've stayed true. Bishop Charlo ministers around the world, literally in many parts of the world, the leadership seminars he hosts through ALAC, and I'm privileged to be part of the faculty members he invites me to go and teach at different nations. He also have, they also have a covering body called, Kana, uh, what do you call it? I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Gospel Rama family of churches. And uh, yesterday we were actually at an event where one of their spiritual sons was, has built a church uh, out in, in River, <laughs> yeah, I won't say Riverside, Riverside. And a beautiful church there. And this is someone they met about five years ago that they've mentored into ministry. And now, not only are they leading well, they have built a great church. I think it's a privilege, Pastor to have leaders like this uh, in, the, in our nation and in the world. And just to call them a friend is a real privilege. And I'm going to ask a, a bishop and Mama B. Mama B, I know you, you don't, usually don't like this one. So you can rebuke me afterwards. But I'm going to ask you to come with your husband, Mama B, to say hi to the congregation. And Bishop Chalo will preach. Let us stand, Vazalana, as we welcome this lovely couple here. Come on now. Come on now, Vazalana. The people you don't mind.
Sani bonani nonke. Ninjani. Gumnandi ubalapa. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's really a great joy for us to be here as a family and um, to celebrate with you 40 years of faithfulness of God. We know that this journey is not an easy journey. It comes with bumps, it comes with challenges and difficulties. But us being here celebrating with you, it is a great joy and honor unto God. We are so grateful to have your bishop and my bishop as a friends to us. We have journeyed for, for quite some time, and this friendship was just to us as a blessing. And if you want to see my husband laugh, is when he talks to his friend. Yes. He really laughs and you wonder what are they talking about. It's quite a beautiful, beautiful friendship that I admire. And I pray that this friendship leads us until we bury one another. Yes. yes. So my bishop and my gege, we really love you. And we appreciate you a lot. And we know that for you to lead this ministry thus far, God has really on your side and have helped you through. And we are so grateful that you will continue to lead, you will continue to guide you, to strengthen you, that you will reach even higher heights and, and really fulfill all your dreams. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We are here because of you. If not for your friendship, we're not supposed to be here, so we appreciate the friendship. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, my wife. <laughs> oh, my word. That's the beauty of being married for such a long time. And so, something happened. You know, uh, mom and bishop have just done the last assignment in terms of weddings because we have four children. And then their job was to make sure that they help us kick all of them out of our house, uh, which, which they did very, very well, very well. You know, thank you so much for helping us too. Yeah. And then when Emmanuel left with Ntsako as the last daughter, we went home. And my wife is uh, soft-spoken. But she asked me a question that stayed with me to this day. She said, if we were not friends, what was going to happen? Because now it's just you and I, face to face, with pictures of kids who are gone. And I thought to tag on what our presiding bishop said friendship is critical I for one don't want to put my children grandchildren at risk that if something happened they don't know who's my friend that would be a disservice to them because we have cheapened the word friend that you call everybody friend you go to a filling station uh, he calls you friend. I'm not your friend. Put gas, let me go where I'm going. No, no. So, but our children know if something happened, they will pick up this number and then call and say, there's a crisis at home. Can you come and, and help? And they are safe. So we are glad to have two of the four 
Michelle is too far in Europe, and uh, Oliver have to stay behind and preach when you are not there. But we have three of our grandchildren representing the rest, and uh, the big brother of everybody, Philip. Philip is a uh, story is bizarre, you know. He's called to ministry, but he's into business and a politician, so we don't know if he's telling the truth or lying. Uh, but that's, that, that will be a debate for another time. Uh, but for today, we in the house of the Lord, we want to be spiritual. Mama and uh, my bishop, thank you. I think my wife has spoken on our behalf, and well done to all of you. We will talk more. We took the time to pray for this week. It's not just a week where people come and have supercharged the doors of church meeting, but it is a week of commemoration. And that's a great word. Because commemoration simply means common memory. Uh, The geography of Soweto is big. And the demography of Soweto is even larger. Everyone is not here. So the few of us here, because we have a common memory. We could have chosen Orlando Stadium or any other space. But on Sunday coming, we will go to specific places where uh, our story intercepts. That is an important part. And I hope uh, what you're going to share today will make sense. To those pioneers who believed in a vision 40 years ago, and a new one who are joining us for the first time today, it's a journey worth telling. Would you join me in prayer? King of glory, we are always amazed by what you do and who you are. We will never get used to, to you that you don't surprise us anymore to stand here on this Sunday and to look back and say 40 years have gone an entire generation and your work is marvelous thank you my king and my redeemer that you will speak to us so that you will know where is the future calling us All these things we pray in the name of our beloved Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We may be seated. Musicians, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, you know the rule. Uh, with the advance of Boko Haram. Uh, so you have to be where I can control you. Uh, so people bring bombs even in the church. So thank you. But don't go too far. If we need you, you will have to come back. Now, let me rerun an anecdote that I gave at the early service because of the value of it uh, vis-a-vis what you're doing today. And then we will build uh, on, uh, on our conversation today. A lady have just graduated. And because it was a big, big graduation, uh, the family decided to throw a big party. People were invited far and wide, friends, relatives, neighbors, to celebrate this milestone. And then there were obviously a lot of joy, singing. But there was a philosopher in attendance. And philosophers are dangerous because you think through everything. So he's observing and watching this thing unfolding and the joy uh, around the event. 
and something came to his mind. If I can probe the source of different people's joy, the event is the same, but the reason why people rejoice can be different. So it starts where it should start, with the mother, because the mother is the real power. So he went to the mother and said, listen, we are all here, uh, we know why, but I just want to pick your mind and, and probe if there's one thing that gives you so much joy through this, what would that be? And the mother said, it's simple. To know that my daughter is a PhD is cause for joy. Just to look at her and know she's a PhD. So eventually went to many people to find out why they were so joyous. Then he picked up the little guy, the piccinini of the family, still a little boy, not really knowing much what was going on. And he said, but he tell me, you know, this event, you're all gathered. What is the reason of your biggest joy? You know, what justifies your joy? And the boy goes, to look at all the food <laughs> and the drinks and to imagine that you will eat and drink, that is cause for joy. And it dawned on me that a week of celebration like this one, even if we know why we are together, but the reason why people rejoice could be different. Our hope, our cause for joy will not be the foods and the drinks for next Sunday. That will hurt me because I will not be around. But I reflected, extrapolating and reflecting because I'm part of this and then I was telling my friends the difficulty with us is we don't come as guest speakers. We come as members of the family. So it's tough to congratulate you because it takes an outsider to say, well done. But if I'm part of this, who am I congratulating? So that's the difficulty, and then we have to put protocol and say, listen, even if we are part of the family, probably from Cape Town, uh, we should give a little bit of well done. So by the way, well done. Okay, go That guy can just start preaching with that. Congratulations. So well done, well done. But then I began to reflect. You know, we are going to spend a week. There will be joy, and myself, I'm super joyed. But what will be the reason why I'm so happy? Then I thought of many possibilities. Probably the best one should be that our bishop and my prophetess as our leader over 40 years didn't bring us into disrepute. They led us with distinction. They upheld the values of the kingdom. They behave in such a way that you are proud to point to them and say, these are my leaders. That would be a good reason to rejoice. What about what you've accomplished? That can be a reason to rejoice. We're just a handful of people, young people in a large part not knowing what where we're going, but look what we've achieved today. Satellite churches everywhere, 70 counting, 39 live streamings right away. Uh, that will also work. What about the many buildings that you bought in the 40 years? We can tell the people you have a building in Pimville, we have a building there, we have a building there, we have a building there, and all of them cash paid for. That will be good. It will work too. And then we can go down the list 
of the many, many reasons why we can celebrate. But may I suggest to you that as good as all these reasons are, they are not good reason enough for people to gang together for an entire week of celebration. Let me propose to you what I think top the list. I think my celebration and yours should be about the presence that never left us. That should be. The this and that and that, all that stuff is good, but if we can gang together for a week and begin to say, thank you for the presence that never left us. That's the topic for today. So powerful. Our overarching theme is Isaiah 43, 19. And it's part of a big narrative. You know, uh, prophet Isaiah wrote extensively. 66 chapters is a long, long uh, it, it mirrors the whole Bible, 66 books, 66 chapters. It's a lot of uh, you know, similarities. But the book of Isaiah is broken into three. You know, we call it Isaiah 1, Isaiah 2, Isaiah 3. So Isaiah 1 is from chapter 1 to 39 where the people are in trouble, uh, in a dark space, and they're crying out to God, and they've lost hope. Are we ever going to see the light of the day? And in chapter 4 starts a new dawn, where God simply says, comfort, comfort my people, and then introduces. Then we come to the crescendo, which chapter 43, verse 19, where God says, hey, 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 things have gone wrong for a long time, but please, please, please don't think about that. Now, I'm about to do a new thing. And then God began to brag about himself. Say, remember, your ancestors told you when they were stuck, I opened a way in a sea. But now I will provide water in a desert. So what God is saying, when you are stuck, whichever thing will put you in stuck, I can unstuck you because I'm a God who specializes in unstacking what is stuck. That's me. And then he builds all the way to chapter 55. And then 56 to the conclusion, it's a crescendo of what it will be. But if you study, that second segment is called the second exodus. If there's a second, which means there's a first. Now, what I've learned, don't teach your child to count from two. Start by one. Experts are going to come throughout the week to teach too. Can I take you to one? So let's go to the first Exodus and learn a couple of things and I will get out of your way. We are dealing with the issue of the presence that never left us. Hallelujah. Let me take our reading from uh, Exodus chapter 13, verse 21 and 22 in a message. Message is just a paraphrased type of writing with Eugene Peterson who want to give flavor to the scriptures. Uh, but the idea is the same. It reads this way. God went ahead of them in a pillar of clouds during the day to guide them on the way. And at night in a pillar of fire to give them light. Thus, they could travel both day and night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left the people. The presence that never left us. Why is that important to me particularly? And why am I inviting you to join me into celebrating above everything else? 
the presence that never left us. We have two ways of telling our story. There's a natural way of telling a story of the many nights of fast and prayer, the many meetings that you held, the strategic planning that led us to where we are. It's not a lie, it's a truth. We did planning, we did strategizing, we did the building, we put our money together, we built this thing for 40 years. Look what we have achieved. But if we go that route, then we are going to Genesis 11. Huh, huh, huh. Let us build and make a name for ourselves so that people may know grace is not a church to play with. People have money, people have cars, women have perfume. That will be a story But will not be a story That moves heaven Could it be that the purpose Why God has called so many preachers This time around Is to flip the story And to narrate the story of our journey From a perspective That is totally different That if it wasn't Because of that presence That never left us We were never going to be where we are. It took God for us to sustain ourselves. It took God for us to grow. It took God for us to expand. It took God for us to establish. It took God for people to be brought one after another to become a strong army. The presence that never left us is the story of our church. That's why we are celebrating. So therefore begin to understand as I, as I understood and Moses that if we see progress it simply means God was active in our midst. Yes, your neighbor will not say amen. Can you say amen for you and your neighbor too? And, and I'm learning with excitement that regardless of how much I've studied If the man upstairs is not with me, it doesn't work. Grace, let me tell you, there are many churches out there who are praying. They've never lasted 10 years. It is because of the presence that never left us. Grace, let me tell you, there are many churches out there who have a budget bigger than us, but it looks like hell. If you are still sustained, it's because of the presence that never left us. That presence is a story of 40 years. We understand progress. Through the lens of the activities of God in our midst. Now I begin to think, why don't we create a day out of the whole week where we can just celebrate us, people? Because God didn't come by himself and do the job. We did. Why don't you choose and say, okay, God, you know, we will give you 90%, but you're taking a tithe of the week just to celebrate us. Then I bump into a problem. There's a problem with people. That's the issue. There's a problem with people. Isaiah, uh, Exodus 1 and Exodus 2, and anything that the Bible talks about, people are problematic. You too. <laughs> oh my words. Have you ever surprised yourself and said, I cannot believe I did it? If you have never, you are lying. Then your problem is bigger than mine. I began to study the journey of Israel.
people have problems. Oh, okay, it's coming back. Tabanga thing, you're doing it on purpose. You know, you wanted me to call your name so that you're popular. Now I've called you. Leave me alone. Okay. Do this. As we move through Exodus, Isaiah, Acts, we begin to realize that people are unpredictable. We cannot celebrate 40 years based on people. No. People are like Captain Weather. You don't know if it's summer or winter or spring or autumn. Anything can happen any day. The grow, the older you grow, the more you begin to realize. Don't be fooled by people. They will call you Baba, Baba, my Papa. Tomorrow they'll call you that guy. Oh, you didn't know I was a prophet. I know your secret. <laughs> Particularly, pastors' wives, poor ladies, I feel for you. They suffer. It, it looks to many people that being next to the bishop, you, why that woman? Today she's this is my mama. This is my mama. Tomorrow, that woman, she's, she's a Jezebel. Because people are unpredictable. You know your secret. You know the way you operate. If God was counting on you, do you think you will survive? God was going to die a long time ago. So therefore... I don't think we will do a, a service to this week if it's about us. We are unpredictable. But the second thing I've learned about people is this. People are sinful. You see, even your ears goes down. <laughs> people are sinful. We just do the wrong stuff all the time. You know, one of the prayers that makes me really, really have fun, because I prayed it many times, is to do something wrong and tell the Lord, if you forgive me this time, I will never do it again. <laughs> and God is, you will do it just today. So that's what the Bible is trying to show us through a 40-year journey in the wilderness. That every day as these people journeyed, they were unpredictable. But number two, they will praise me in one minute. The next minute begin to complain. They will tell us we have no other God except you. The next minute, they create a God for themselves. That's the story of humanity. We cannot bet our farms for 40 years on our capacity. It's not there. But there's a bigger problem. What Exodus 1 and Exodus 2 are teaching us, that even if people are unpredictable, people are sinful, people are precious. Oh, you miss where you should have said hallelujah, amen, or anything that will keep me going. People are precious, and that surprises me. Remember the little story? You know, God has a way of telling stories. Tells his servant, by the way, uh, can you go and bury that prostitute? And he goes and marry a prostitute. And then you think because it's a prostitute that God has given me, she will stop prostitution. She became even an expert. <laughs> oh, my word. 
And the Lord kept going to the prophet. They said, go back again. Fetch and bring her back. Go back again. Fetch and bring her back. Go back again. Fetch and bring her back. Even when she offends you, apologize and bring her back. And the prophet says, Lord, what are you doing to me? God said, this is the story of you and I. Even when you offend me so many times, there's something about me that will never let go of you. I will keep coming to you again and again and again and again and again. Come on, church. Give him praise in the highest place. That's what we celebrate. The presence that never left us. Never. Never. When I look myself in the mirror, I see unreliable. When I look myself in the mirror, I see sinful. I look in the mirror properly and I see precious to God. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. Anybody in this room who believes is precious to God, give him a praise crazy you can do better than that you can worship him better you can shout that to the Lord hallelujah 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 Worship him. Come on, worship him. Mm-hmm. Listen, church. I know, I know. It's not yet next Sunday. But this Sunday. Can we praise him on credit? Can you worship him crazy? Can you thank him for loving you? in spite of everything else and never quitting on you. Hallelujah. The presence that never left us. The presence that never quit on us. The presence that never relinquished on us. God is committed to grace my old church. God is committed to all the branches of grace. God is committed to our presiding bishop and his wife. God is committed. We can do well. We can do well. We can do well. We can do better than that. We can do better than that. Hallelujah. Listen. I don't know what your pet thing is. I suspect many of you it's Orlando Parrot. Maybe. Who knows? You know, I'm in the wrong church. The way you react when they score a goal. Maybe some of you is a springbok. When there's a touchdown. Maybe some of you, if you're like my wife, you are into movies. When the punchline is given in a movie. Maybe some of you, if you're like the presiding bishop and you go with Simba and Mufasa, Hakuna Matata. Whatever it is, the way you shout, I want you to do better for the God who never gives up on you. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Give him praise. Worship him in the beauty of holiness. Lift lift the voice of triumph. Glorify his holy name. God never quits on us. Yes, yes, yes. One more minute. One more minute. One more minute. 
One more minute. One more minute. One more minute. Praise him. Worship him. Praise him. Worship him. 30 seconds. Come on, go ahead. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Worship him. Worship him. He never, he never quit on us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen. I feel in my spirit that the few people in this congregation whose stories are like great story. They are not coming from a strong family. They are not coming from degrees and di diplomas. They are not coming from connection. But they can see God. They can see God. For those one, we can praise Him in the highest place. Hallelujah. Oh God. God Almighty, we worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? My wife and I tell each other, other people have crutches. We have only one crutch. His name is God. You remove God, we are done. You remove God, we are finished. You remove God, we are nothing. Therefore, we will never sit in a congregation pretending we are something big. He made us big. We will worship him big. Come on, worship him big. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I will ask you to sit for one minute or two or whatever amount of time you want to sit. But this is the second problem the text is telling us and proposing to us. That you cannot celebrate 40 years based on people because there's a problem with people. But the second reason why we cannot, if we don't celebrate people, we cannot celebrate the journey. Because the perils in the journey that we didn't count for. There's no way for us to celebrate the journey. Because the first peril, when it started, we went into the unknown. My presiding bishop will be the first to confess. When they started in that classroom, they didn't know where this thing was going. Bishop, there's a way people humble you when you think you become a big deal. So there's a guy in a church, he was in a leadership for a while and then he moved on, became a big deal. And then many years he returned to the church. So God has smiled on us a little bit, not too much, you know, he has smiled on you too much for us a little bit. So he came to church and then he came to my office and said, wow, Bishop, congratulations. You know what I'm seeing in a church is not short of a miracle. Remember the guy was in our leadership. Then he said, when I left the church, I knew I wasn't sure if the church was going back or coming forward. It was just there. And I thought, this guy was in a leadership with me. So his assessment of church was, it's going nowhere. That's our story when we start. We are just preaching not knowing where we're going. Even when next Sunday we travel around schools, venues that you occupied to return here, it's not the celebration of the venues. It is the God who was present in all the venues. The presence that never left us. In the classroom, he was there. In a community hall, he was there. Bishop, what is that place where we lasted a bit longer? Omaker, yes, that the, in Omaker, he was there. Now in Pimville, presence 
that never left us. We cannot rely on the journey. The Bible uses simple words so that Israel may travel by day and by night. You cannot run a church for 40 years only by day. Can I tell you a secret of ministry? Particularly longer ministries, they work through load shedding. <laughs> From time to time, out of the blue, the light goes off. You have to look for candles to see your way out. Have you ever read in your Bible? Your word is what? Where? The word of the Lord is never a floodlight, a lamp, enough for one step, another step, another step, another step. God never gives us a floodlight. 40 years down the line, this is what you will become. No! Just put one step in front of the other. We thank God for the steps, but you worship the Lord who never left us. Well done, well done, well done, well done. Well done. Well done. I can go on and on and on like a philosopher who asked the question, Mama, it's a big party, but what makes you so happy? And she said, now I have a daughter who's a PhD. And a baby brother said, food and drinks. <laughs> Let it not be what makes the week. Amen. Let what makes the week be the presence that never left us. Let it be. Let it be so. Because ministry life is up and down. Darkness and light. People quitting on us, people joining us, people dying, people being born, ministries collapsing, ministry coming up, sometimes confused, sometimes clear. But in all this day and night, God says, when it's night, I become fire. When it's day, I become pillar. Whatever way, you can count on my presence. Then I ask myself the last question. But why is God not quitting? Why? That's the story of Isaiah 43. My bishop, this thing is so beautiful. God loves you at the degree that if you understand even a bit of how he loves you, you will go ballistic for God. Let me just give you, because I'm in a good mood. You know, we are celebrating, so I have to be nice. Let me give you a snippet of how God is. Israel does something wrong, terribly wrong. They start worshiping idols. God says, I'm done. Okay? I'm sending you into exile. They're uprooted, sent to Babylon. And then he writes the book of Ezekiel, Right? Where is Ezekiel? In Babylon. Why are they in Babylon? Because God is angry. But how does Ezekiel introduce his book? The Lord was in Babylon. <laughs> He's angry. He sent them into exile. He himself goes into exile. Oh! Come on. He goes, no. No, 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 no. No. I will not let Nebuchadnezzar or any other person mess up with you when I'm absent. I'd rather punish you when I'm there. <laughs> Check it at what level they can punish you. God loves you. Tell your neighbor God loves you. Tell the other neighbor God loves you. Tell the other neighbor God loves our church. 
The presence that never leaves us. Never, 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 never. No, no. But I ask myself the question, I'm not satisfied yet. Why aren't you quitting on us? Why didn't you give up on us when you made bad decision? And God answers. Because you are my people. Ah! Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. The reason I will never quit on you, you are mine. You are mine. You are my people. That's the 40 years. We, may be, we, we made him mad. When he's very angry, he remembers they are mine. We disappointed him. When he wanted to do something, he said they are mine. We behaved in a way that is not conducive. He remembers, I am the one who created grace. They are mine. We were able to do 40 years because we belong to God. This thing is not man-made. It is not Mosasono's idea or Gege's idea. It is God's idea, this thing. But still, that still have a problem. What does it mean we belong to God? Now that my wife is here, let me say it in her presence. For you to know that behind this calm and collected woman, there's a troublesome person I had to put up with for 40 years of marriage and 42 years of friendship. God, I'm a good man. <laughs> The most holiest place is the office of a pastor at the church because this is where we deal with God. I'm in my office doing my things with God. But there's a phone number that only the internal people call. PA, administrator, my wife, because it's my direct line. If they call, and then this time around, I'm in the presence of God in my office, the most holiest place at the church. A phone rings. There's a woman on the other side. Honey, long time no see. And I'm going beyond me certain. How can the devil attack me even in a holy place? And I go, how can this woman find my number and tempt me? But thank God for wisdom. I thought before I respond, let me keep quiet for a few seconds. I keep quiet and I go, mm. the pitch of this voice, I've heard it before. Not once, many, many times. This voice sounds like someone I've carried for a long time in my life. She happened to be my wife. And I go, girl, don't, don't play with me, girl. So she burst laughing on the other side. She said, you are lucky. And I'm, I agree with her, I'm lucky. Suppose when she said, long time no see, me too, I go, me too, long time no see. <laughs> it was going to be a problem. They were going to call the bishop and my prophet. They said, there's a problem here. But the reason why I didn't fall to that trap, she's my girl. Yes. She's my woman. She's mine. A mama can say whatever she wants to say. She lived longer with me than a mama. She's mine. She stuck with me. When God says they are my people, 
What he's saying, I know you. I know you. I know you. The question is, God, how do you know us? God says, I know you cannot survive without me. Grace will not survive without God. Mm -mm, mm -mm. If you don't think I'm, I'm right, go to Europe. There are empty churches. Because the church is not the building, it's the God of the building. But the second thing God knows, you cannot survive without his love. You need love to survive. That's why young girls coming from good families sell themselves cheap to some guys because they're not craving after money, but it's someone who can love them. But God knows, without him, you cannot shine. The moon doesn't have a light. It shines because there's a sun. Grace doesn't have light. It shines because there's God. That's the truth. Forty years. We cannot celebrate us. We cannot celebrate the journey. We can only celebrate the presence that never left us. And I said it prophetically in an early service and I'm repeating it for the sake of you who came. We took time to pray for this week. Not only the preaching today, that should be bad practice for a preacher, but every preacher was going to come all the way to Sunday. That you would not just be people coming to fill a program. But there will be God's spokesperson building things in the future of the church. And as we prayed, this is what I heard God say. Tell my servant that as they move into the future, they should not worry about programs, people, budgets, and projects. Even if they're involved in these things, their concern should be only one. My presence. Full stop. That as grace, as a community of churches move into the second phase, the only sustaining power is the presence of God. That never left us the past 40 years should never leave us for the coming 40 years. And I heard something as well by which I will conclude. Leaders, couples go up in flame and smoke. Not because they're bad people, but because they're exhausted people. You can divorce physically where they know we have split, but you can divorce emotionally. Where we are dignified, we do our business, but there's nothing binding us. Some psychologists have said marriages that have lasted long and gone through crisis, the longest they talk per day is five minutes. That's a serious conversation. Otherwise, how was your day? Good. Uh, food? Good. Uh, good. Okay, fine. And then TV. Do you know why? Not because they are bad. Because the burden of the church is too much. That when they go home, they are finished. And the Lord is saying the biggest thing you can do for them is to make their burden lighter. So that as they move into the future, 
it becomes lighter. I prayed for my wife many, many times these past months and, and so. And this is what I'll pray over her and pray for her when she's not around. Your burden is light. Your yoke is easy. May my wife not be yoked by something that is not easy. May, not, may she not be burdened by something that is heavy. And it's the same prayer I'm making for the presiding bishop and mama prophetess. I have lived long enough that what appears many times is not. You can have a mother who's wounded to the deepest level. She has to put up a face every day. Be nice moving into the future. Be nice. Be nice. Yesterday was a strange day for me. We went to Philip's house and, and Geraldine, spent the day there in Israel. And as we entered, Philip went in a bedroom and brought me a beautiful jacket. That made my day. Not because I cannot afford it, but to think that my son, while I'm in Cape Town, he's in Johannesburg, thinks, how can I put joy on my father? That's all. That's what the story should be. That these people, 40 years, is an entire generation. Put a smile on them. But above all, take the presence that never left us into the future. God bless you and love you all. Come on, church. Come on, church. You can do better. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Come on, church, let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. You know, Bishop, the the one thing I can say about uh, growing up is that, you know, life looks different as you get older. You know, there's a certain arrogance sometimes that goes with youthfulness, where you really think it's you, it's your planning, it's your intelligence, and but I think as you journey, and as, as much as the journey is long, you go through so much crisis. <laughs> and, and you do remember times when you didn't have an answer. You didn't know why. Even if you prayed, it looked like the heavens were like brass and God was not answering. <laughs> and then you went through the period and you look back and you said, I, I don't even know how I got through that because God carried me. And I think this is what develops a heart of gratitude to God. To just say, if his presence didn't leave. You know, you'll understand David's prayer even better. When he says, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Yeah. I really want to thank God for this sermon and for how God has used you and to remind us we are here because of God's presence. And it's that presence that needs to take us into the future on a personal level, in our own personal lives, in our family life, in the ministry. And I hope, Grace Bible Church, we are hearing. You know, I was saying in the first service, 
of all the other things that one can accept in our church, one thing I will not accept is when people do stuff that's going to grieve God and cause His presence not to be what it ought to be. Now, I know we can't buy God's presence, but we can certainly have an atmosphere conducive for Him. So how about the buildings and the lights and everything? We're thankful for all that. But it's about the presence that has carried us. Thank you so much, man of God. Bless you. Yeah. And for all of us, let's remember that. It's about the presence of God that carries us. Just remain standing, please. Bow your heads. Thank you, Jesus. You may have come here today invited by somebody. Or you may have come on your own here on this campus or in the other places. You may even be on social media, even as we speak. But that when you look at your life, your life feels so empty. You, you haven't connected with God. You haven't connected with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. And, and today you realize how much God loves and how much God cares. And no matter what it is that you've done, or how far away you walked away from him. He reaches out to you with a love that cannot be measured. God is desperately in love with you. And he's waiting for an opportunity for you to give to him. To come into your life and change things and turn things around. Maybe you came on your own. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe you used to live for God years ago. You received Christ. You were born again. You walked with God. But something went wrong on your walk and you walked away from God and you turned your back on God. Now you look at your life. I want you to know that as much as you may have disappointed yourself, God's not disappointed in you. God's not going to throw you away. God is reaching out to you and God is asking you the question, will you give me a chance again in your life? So if you're here today and you haven't received Christ as Savior and Lord or you want to recommit your life to God, and you need prayer right where you stand. If that is you, would you raise your hand, please? I'd like to pray for you. Just raise it high for me to see it all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Right, right there in the foyer. God bless you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for those hands. You see, this is what these meetings are about. It's, 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 it's about a God who loves and a God who cares. And a God who reaches out to broken people. And he says, come to me as you are. With all your brokenness. With all the broken pieces. With that sad story. With everything around you. And I'll give you rest. And I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. That's what Jesus says. Those who raised your hands, I, I want to pray for you. May I invite you please to come from where you are. Take all your belongings and walk all the way to the front. Because we want to pray for you. Give them a big hand please. Come on, walk from where you are. Just walk from where you are.